Well, it is a, a happy Father's Day. We're alive, we're here. Uh, a great day to, to honor fathers. I want to quickly say um, a happy Father's Day in, in heaven to my earthly dad, who um, in my life has always been special to me. Uh, I've shared before uh, my story. It had its downs and its ups. And, uh, um, you know, I've, I've got it in a little, I've got my story in book form. If, if you uh, haven't heard that or if you, uh, if you want to get it to pass to somebody else because it's a story of um, disappointment. It's a story of pain. It's a story of redemption. It's a story of love, forgiveness, restoration. And uh, uh, I'm so... Um, so in love with my earthly dad today, and uh, I'm glad we have a day like this when we can do, do that. We can focus on a particular person in our life that way. And uh, of course, what, what I'm speaking about is our Heavenly Father today. And the Father's love is, is my thing. That's what, you know, something hap has happened to me over the years in this walk, and, and uh, I, I have fallen in love. And over the years um, of decades of ministry, I've, I've done a lot of things. I've been involved in, in a lot of things. I've operated in many different ways in ministry. I've operated in the power gifts, the prophetic gifts, and, you know, I've been the apostolic builder, the pastor. I've been, I've been a, a lot of different things, and... and um, Love what God does with, with all of those things. Been the healing evangelist, done all those things. And those, uh, God works powerfully in all those ways. Sometimes people ask me, why don't I do a whole lot and talk a lot about those, those other dimensions of, of, of ministry that, that I know of and I've been involved in? And, and the only thing I can, the only reason is that I'm so captivated right now. My thing is just in my field of vision is how good God is. He is. He he amazes me. Uh, I it's it, I'm just uh, all day and all evening. I'm just. This is what I think about. This is what we talk about at home. This is this is what I I, I have to share. There's there's many things to say about God, but this is something that is is the sound. It's the voice that 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 I hear and that I that that, that I give out. And the reason for that is because um, it has meant so much to me. It has changed me. It has given me something that I want everybody to know and everybody else to have. Um, my story, I'll, I'll go ahead and start with the uh, verse out of Ch Psalms chapter 27, verse 10. And uh, uh, it's a verse that says, Father and mother abandoned me, but you, Yahweh, you took me in and you made me yours. Now, very briefly, a part of my story is, is that that as a young person, I, um, I, I lived from the ages of uh, 13 uh, on up into manhood uh, without, uh, without my father in my life, without my earthly father in my life. And I was on my own, and I became a very uh, a wild child. I was very hurt, and I was very hopeless and helpless, and I kind of... And I was too wild for my mama. At that, at that age, I was already too, too wild and too uh, angry, too whatever. But I sort of just made most of my own decisions. Um, 
She, she couldn't handle me. Um, I was left alone, I felt, or you know, I was, I, I, I was basically, I put myself alone. And I, and I basically made my own decisions, most of my own decisions from the age of 13 uh, on through those years without any good guidance. And uh, I, was, I was on my own. And, I, and probably about every choice I made was a bad one. I wasn't a very good leader of myself. <laughs> um, but there was a lot of disenchantment, discouragement, pain, anger, um, hopelessness would be a word. Uh, I felt and knew that I was very, very alone, that it was all, all on me, that there was no guidance for me, there was no protection for me. Um, just uh, the story, I mean, you could go into the depths of it and, and, and how how, how, how ugly it, 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 and painful it really got. But um, the day came <laughs> when, by believing the gospel, um, my heart turned to the Lord, and I met the Father. And this was in April of 1979. And I had heard the gospel preached. And, and when I, honestly, when I say I heard the gospel, I probably heard... a a piece of it <laughs> somehow. Basically, I heard enough to know that, that, that he was the way to go, that he was, some, he was someone I could turn to. Um, I didn't know how good he was. In fact, I wasn't even sure how, that he was that good. I basically, I guess I thought he's a way to make sure I'll be okay after I die, and I guess I was concerned about that. But, but after, I, after I met him, and this happened to me immediately, I knew grace. I I was, I, was, I was astounded to find the, the change that had happened in my heart, and I felt loved for the first time. In a, honestly, in my life, I felt like the first time in my life. I felt like I was loved, and I felt the love of God. And, and because I felt the love of God, I was, I was different. I was feeling love for people. And I, and I can remember you know, talking to Christians and saying, why didn't somebody tell me about this? I said, this is the biggest surprise of this whole Christianity thing is that it's the love I feel. It's not, I mean, I'm cleaner. I'm not doing a lot of things that I was doing before. I'm not, you know, a lot of the bad habits are, I'm not involved in anymore. But, but this, I feel, I feel loved. And it lasted for a little while because being in the type of church I was in, and I'm not mad at anybody and, and blaming anybody else because we all do the best that we can, all of us, in churches and ministries, we're just doing, we're, people are trying to find their way. But, but essentially, I, I, you know, it, was, it became more about the rules, more about what God wants from me, what I'm supposed to give to God, what I'm supposed to sacrifice. Well, it became more about me and, me and uh, the things that I'm to do, and I, and I lived with that element of it for, for a long time. But then the time come, and I mention it a lot, a time came when I came home and the revelation of the Father somehow got through and I began to, uh, I began to see. You know, you hear Clark talk about that. When we talk about that, that third level, the third dimension, the, uh, uh, you know, he teaches about the feast, the third feast, the Feast of Tabernacles, um, that's, 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 the, that's the revelation of the Father. That's where we really come into rest. That's where we really experience that rest and, 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 and that, that love because the love brings the fullness into our life. And the reason it brings the fullness is because that God-shaped hole that humanity walks around with is, is, is a hole that's only fitted by, by a perfect love because we were made to be perfectly loved. 
And that's, that's kind of news to a lot of people because humanity has been in humanity for many, many years. <laughs> and, and the cycles that we've lived in generationally have become repeated over and over to where it seems like normalcy. It seems like it's normal to live with stress. It seems like it's normal to live, to live uh, with pain. It seems like it's normal for people to have a sense of isolation. And this is what I see a lot of times uh, even in dealing with, 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 Christ, with Christians is that a lot of times in my ministry and my sharing and counseling and so on, there's, it's, it's, there's a sense that people believe in God, but they're still trying to make a full connection somehow. And this is how, why religion came about, because what, what religion does is that it gives us symbolism, it gives us rites, it gives us rituals, it gives us things to do that give us a semblance of some kind of a connection with God, because that's what the heart's been wanting ever since, ever since man disconnected from God in, in the book of Genesis. And that disconnect never happened on God's, God's end. God's always been here. God's always been there for us. But the Bible says we were enemies in our minds. We were alienated in our minds. We were separated in our minds. And, and we still see a lot of that in people trying to make that connection. And so much of it, they're, they're in their head and they're, they're getting into the Word and they're, and they're putting together an image of God. And, oh, so now I'm supposed to do this and, and God wants that. And, I, and this is how I'm supposed to look and act and talk and walk. And, I'm supposed, and they, they're, they're putting together this thing, trying to have some semblance of a, of a connection with God or maybe a pleasing or an appeasing of God. And, 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 and people living with that when really if we look at this, and I love this about it, is that there is such a simplicity in the relationship. And as we see it, it takes us from the head to the reality, to the heart, to where it's, where it's you and your father because you are the offspring of God. And you were born of God. And you were born to be loved by God. The reason you're here on this earth, it's so simple to me, is to receive his love, his goodness, his abundance. And Jesus revealed that to us and talked about the Father over and over. Isn't that amazing? On this Father's Day, we can point out that Jesus talked almost on every page of, his, of the New Testament where he, was, where he was speaking, and your Father loves you, your Father cares, your fa the Father loves the Son, the Father, the Father, the Father, the Father. And we don't see that in the Old Testament much. We hardly see Father mentioned. But Jesus brings it, brings it into that, this is your Father. I'm bringing you, bringing you home. I'm bringing that connection. This is the, this is the day, and we, we can celebrate that Jesus came and did what he did because, because God, not just God and sin are reconciled, even though they are, but it's, it's father, the fathers and the children, the offspring. And there's a reality about that. There is a spiritual revelation. And when we say spiritual revelation, we're not talking about deep woo-woo, anything out there. It's just a reality. It's just a gaze away, and you see it not with your brain, but you see it with who you really are, the eternal you, your heart of hearts, the hidden man of the heart. As we move into that and we see that and we, we look, behold the goodness and the glory of our Father, that's when we start really living the more spiritual life. And the spiritual life is the life of rest where we, have, we enjoy the connection with our Father. 
So my experience with the verse that we just read there is about father and mother abandoning me, but Yahweh, the Lord, you took me in and you, you, you made me yours. When I look at where I've come from to that wild child who uh, fought and did the things that he did to where I am now to this, this, this person who is captivated by the love of God, has been changed by the love of God, whose heart has, 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 has been affected by a sense of fullness of life that's come just by a revelation, just by an awakening, just by seeing and knowing, knowing something about the Father. When I look at how you get from here to there, from there to, to, to here, though I've got many eons to go to l learn more about this, how do you get from being that lost to someone that's absolutely in love with daddy? Um, there, there was a pleasurable engagement that happened. Somebody mentored me, cared for me. Somebody was patient with me. When I was misunderstanding everything about him, when I was misunderstanding how, how he wants me to be, when I, was when I was misunderstanding myself, when I was misunderstanding everything about what I thought God and man was all about and, 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 and didn't know any of that, how do, you gr how do we grow? How, do, how, how does all this happen? Somebody's loving you. Somebody's being gentle with you. Somebody's being patient with you. Somebody's being good to you. It's a father being good to his child is what's happening in this, just the way it was always intended to be. It was always intended to be this pleasurable relationship that we have that doesn't have any of this tightness, that doesn't have any of this, this fear, that doesn't have, doesn't have any of this sense of, of, of inferiority uh, or being, of being afraid or feeling like you don't belong with him or belong in his presence or belong in his blessing or belong in his goodness. Somebody once said that shame is the, is the terrible feeling the sense that we, that we are flawed and therefore we're unworthy of love and unworthy of belonging. And I think a lot of times humankind, even though we're, we're active and we're social creatures and we, we have relationships, and uh, even though there's this sense of, of isolation that people have where it's that feeling that sometimes, many times, it feels like it's all on your shoulders where it feels like it's all dependent upon you and, and what you choose, and, 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 and am I okay? What if I make the wrong choice? Because we make many choices in life, and they are important. But people trying to make this connection with God because they're still feeling this isolation, and it's, God, I want to I please you. God, I want to know you. Or, God, I don't understand you. And I have all these, 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 these things that are going on that just seem to get in the way, and, and it, wouldn't it be so nice if we could just bring it down to the simplicity of the good news gospel that John the disciple saw that our Father, he is loved himself. He's not just some observer. Many people believe in God, but they think he's there somewhere. He's watching. God's watching. Remember, God's watching. And you know what connotation that, that carries with it. It's, it's, not a, it's not a positive way. God's watching. Why? Because he's, you know. He's not just a bystander, and he's not just an observer of you. 
And I'll go so far, even though the Bible uses this word in a, in, in, in a few cases, it's not like what we think it is. He's not a, a, a judge in the sense that we, he's not a trial judge. He's not leaning over, a, over a, a, a judge's bench with a gavel on the desk, you know, dealing with this that way. Today on Father's Day, let's remember that he's daddy. He's daddy. He begot us. We are a part of who he is or a part of his life. And though even this whole world may have abandoned you, though you felt alone or isolated for many different reasons, maybe it's because of relationships or whatever, no matter what it is, our Father has brought us home. And that's part of the good news. Because when we feel, when we don't feel that, when we don't know that, it's, this is what, what lost really is. And Jesus talked a lot about that, didn't he? Came to seek the lost, came to save the lost. Rejoices when a lost is found. I want the lost. I go after the one, not the 99. I go after the lost, the lost, the lost. I'm here for the lost. Think about that word. See, I used to just think it meant that I, I was committing sin, so I'm lost, you know. But, but when I look at my life, I thought I was so lost because I was so isolated. and I, I felt so alone. And because I felt so alone, most of the time I felt so helpless. What do I do? Where do I go? Who cares about anything about me? Lost. And he came looking for that one. He came looking for the lost. What does it mean to be lost? It means that all you have to rely on is yourself. And if anybody feels like that, feels like many times, like you just, it's all on you. I've got good news. I've got good news that there, there is your father that cares, and he really cares, and he's there to guide. He's there to mentor. He's there to counsel. He's there to lead, and he's there to comfort. Because the truth is, whether we know it or not, the truth is we are right now in the very safest place we can be in the house and in the hands of our daddy. And in him we live today. Maybe you're dealing with, with problems. We deal with problems in life. But in all of these things, we're more than conquerors because he loves us. We're deal, we, we deal with these things knowing that in him we live, in him we move, in him we have all of our being. Live or die, we'll be with him. Live or die, we're secure. Hell or high water, we are with God. No matter what tomorrow brings, me and God will be there. I will be with Daddy. I'm safe. See, when my earthly Daddy and I separated in life, I, I, I lost something. I lost a sense. I lost this imaginary umbrella. I lost this sense of protection. I lost this sense of security. I think much of mankind carries that because they're, they're basically trying to come home, don't know how to get there. But they're living, on, they're, they're on that yellow brick road thing that I, that I talk about where they're, they're you know, they're, they're, many of them, if they're doing it spiritually, they're looking for some kind of encounter with this mysterious but great and powerful. And they're willing to pay the price and count the cost and do all these things to try to, to, try, to try, try to get there somehow. But the revelation at the end of the story is that there's no place like home, and you've been home all this time. You know, when the, when the, when the change started coming, when, when the revelation of the Father started to work in a way, started to change me in a way that it changed my heart, it changed my joy level, it changed 
certainly changed the way, it changed everything, honestly. Honestly, it changed everything. I, what happened first for me was he started revealing to me, just, just from the Word of God, just started seeing it in the Word, that everything that I was wanting in life or from God, I started to see that it was already there, that it was done, that this was a finished work. And I wasn't aware of that that much before. I, I felt like we were on this uphill climb. I felt like we were trying to get somewhere. I felt like, like God was a bystander. Maybe he was cheering us on and, you know, wanting us, oh, come on. Come on, Rick, you work harder. If you work harder, you'll get there. Come on, Rick, keep trying. Keep trying. I want you to. I've got good stuff for you at the top of this mountain. If you can just climb it, if you can get there. So you climb and you climb and you climb. And in my, in my case, it's like I would climb and I would climb and then I would look up and the top seemed just as far as it was from, as it did from the beginning. And I would climb and I would climb and I would do all these different things and I would, I would partake of all the, all the fads that were coming through Christianity because this one promised to be the next level, the next revival, the next generation, the next, the next anointing, the next, the next key to freedom or whatever, you know. I'm reading all these books. The key to freedom is this. The key to freedom is that. The key to this is that. And, 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 and grabbing all these keys and no matter what I did, I couldn't grab that carrot on the stick. I was always trying to get something. More blessing, more anointing, more favor, more whatever, more holy. <laughs> and our Father who loves us, how did he do it? I don't know. I'm just, I'm, all we can do is be thankful, right? And it started to show me that everything that I was trying to get, it was a free gift that had already been given to me. And as I started seeing that, I realized, wow, this gospel really really took care of things and Jesus really was big enough and 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 his grace really truly is sufficient for me and I became crazy about grace I thought that grace is enough that grace describes the whole gospel it describes his heart it, his grace is sufficient and as I kept looking at that over time and I'm looking at it more and more I started saying well if his grace is that big if he if he is that gracious and if he would freely be that good to me and give all of these things to me freely and just lay it out without my performance without me reaching the top of the mountain by climbing and 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 and, and by the way the reason I couldn't reach the top of the mountain was because I was standing there the whole time that's why my climbing wouldn't get there that's that's what you realize with this that you're home and I thought, and he did all of this, and he brought me home and, 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 and didn't require anything from me. What kind of love is that? Is that, that is truly unconditional. Then I have to start dealing with that, looking at that. Is how unconditional is unconditional? What if I were this, that, and the other? Well, here I was trying to be a good guy. I've already been the worst I, I've ever seen. Like... You know, I'm saying, God, what if I did this and what if I did that? Which was kind of a funny questions because I'd already done worse than that before and he still loved me. <laughs> still loved me and gave, had given his son for me and had provided and made the way so that somebody as lost as I was could come, could, could, could be home. Somebody as lost and somebody as depraved and somebody as, that, that, that cursed God as much as I did, he did all of that and loved me that much so that I could live with him and I could live in his house. And 
I'm like, what kind of love is this? And that grace led me to, to what I'm looking at now. How big is this love? The fullness of God changed, changes us to where we don't, we realize that we're not relying on ourselves, that we're not alone, that we're not just some highly evolved animal out here in the middle of a vast universe hoping that maybe somebody out there gives a thought or cares about us. We're not lost. We're found. We're home. That's why we celebrate and we worship the name of Jesus because he, <laughs> he brought us home. He became our way to the Father. The heart of the Father looks at us and has that compassion on us. Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, shows Jesus looking at the vast multitude of humanity, actually. When he saw the vast crowds of people, his heart was deeply moved with compassion, deeply moved, looking at the people. Now, this vast crowd of people, what are they doing? They're all different kinds of people. They all got their own individual lives. Some are trying hard to please and appease God. Others are doing horrible things, I'm sure. <laughs> but he looks at the whole crowd, and he's not looking at them as a judge and not looking at are they good or bad, or are they doing good or evil, or any of those things. He's looking, when he looks at the crowd, he sees them, and his heart is deeply, deeply moved. He really, really loves us. He was moved with compassion because they seemed weary. <laughs> oh, I was so tired. They seemed helpless. Oh, I was so alone and helpless. Helpless means it's all on you. It means you've got no help. It's just you. They seemed weary. They seemed helpless. Oh, many of them were religious. But what did he say to the leaders of that religion? He says, you put all these burdens on people. Gee, this is the heart of the Father. You're putting burdens on people. And not giving them any strength. Not, not, giving, not offering one finger to lift any of the burden at all. That's why any of these things that put the burdens on us, it's not, it's not of God at all whatsoever. Everything that is about, about God is about relieving you and I of the burden because God is love. We've created so many images of God, haven't we? When I say we, I just mean humans as a whole. Created so many images of God that's actually made it harder for people to have this simple, beautiful connection that brings fullness into our lives, the seventh day rest. He says they, they, he had compassion because they seemed weary. They seemed helpless, like they were wandering sheep without a shepherd. They were alone. They were, they were lost. So Jesus made this promise in John chapter 14, verse 18. I promise that I will never leave you helpless. It's a promise for me, you and I today. The reality, the truth is, you will never be helpless. You will never be alone. It'll never be all on you. You will never be without a, a mentor. You'll never be without a daddy. You'll never be without a comforter. You'll never be without somebody who cares. You'll never be without somebody that's not thinking, thinking very intently upon you and caring very much for you. One of the things we, 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 we have to do is realize and remember that our daddy, our father, is not a man. The image of a man, is, it, starts, it, it starts to fade after a while. You, 
You see him as so much better than that, so much bigger than that. Our daddy is love. Our daddy is life. Our daddy is light and all that that entails, and that's the reality of who we are. It's the reality of our existence with him. It's the reality of our home. He said, I'll never leave you helpless. I'll never abandon you as orphans. I've read before that with the sense of helplessness or with the sense of it all being on yourself, uh, alone or isolation, that the cure, and this is just sociology talking, psychology, and they say that the cure for that is pleasurable engagement. Pleasurable engagement. When you move from the head to the heart, when you move from religion to real relation, that comes from just seeing, being aware, you move into a pleasurable engagement with God to where you can enjoy your heavenly father, you can enjoy your daddy. It becomes less, I don't know if this is the right word, less religiously structured for sure. It becomes more flowing and natural. It becomes so real that you wake up in the morning that knowing that you're in daddy's house today. Do you wake up in the morning, no, I'll not be alone for a moment today, daddy's with me. You wake up in the morning with thanksgiving because daddy's home and you're in his house. You're, you wake up in the morning knowing that I'll not be alone for a moment, not with anything that I deal with or any decision I make. I'll not be alone a, a, at all for it. And Jesus would say these things, I'll never leave you, forsake you. I'm with you always. Uh, I won't leave you orphans. I will come back to you. And he would come back to us as the Holy Spirit to be that close with us all the time that he'll be with us always. And that's love. He never wanted us to, he doesn't want us to be lost. He doesn't want us to feel lost. He doesn't want us to feel isolated. Daddy loves his little girls. He loves his boys. How did you get from where you started to where you are and how are you moving on in your, in your, in, 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 in your growth uh, you, you, have, you have somebody that cares, somebody that loves you, somebody that's gentle with you, somebody that knows you, somebody that knows how to talk to you, somebody that knows how to, how to, how to reveal it to you, even if you've got layers and layers of deception and things that have, that have been piled on top, of your, on top of your mind. Somehow he knows how to get through. How, does, how did he ever show these, 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 these things that I see? <laughs> as few as they may be, there's so much of God. We know that, you know, what's it like to see it all? Is, is it even possible, you know? It's eternal, right? But just to see the things that we all know that we do see, how did that ever happen? How did God get through this? I really don't know, but all I can do is say, it makes you grateful. Somebody asked me one time, said, do you ever think that life's just not fair, Rick? And, and I wasn't trying to give a, a, a trick answer at all. The first thing that came to my mind is I said, yeah. I think that very often. I think it's not fair at all. When I, when I see people that are struggling to connect, and I'm like, I'm like God, I'm, I'm, I'm just as lost as anybody else, and I see something that helps. How and why do I see this love? How and why do I see this heart that has done so much for me? How? 
I don't know. Why have you been so good to me? Why have you blessed me so much? And I, and, and we, and I, and I count the, the natural blessings. I, count, I thank them for, for my health, for my family, for you know, the, the provision, this, the, oh, so, so many things. Uh, when, I mean, if I were to compare it, most people have more of everything than I have. But so many times it seems like God has just been, been good. And some of these things we can't, we can't explain. Why does, why does he pay the one that shows up at the last hour of the day a full paycheck when the ones that have worked harder get the same pay and it doesn't seem fair? Today we celebrate because God's been good to us. And I think we can be grateful, just thankful that Daddy loves us, and he's good. And today we celebrate someone who has shown us his love, his grace, and his goodness, and somehow that was able to get through to us, and we, when we saw that, we knew we were home. I know when I saw it, I found out that Rick is actually lovable. Wow, imagine that that Rick has actually cared about. Wow, imagine that. But this God who seems so far away and invisible and is he even real, is so cared for, is so loved, that there's not a doubt at all, is there? You know he's right there. And that is what gives you fullness of joy. That's why that joy is your strength to navigate this world that can be so hard sometimes. But at the same time, you're having this pleasurable engagement because you know that you're loved. And when you first found out, the old accuser of the brethren might have said, ah, you're wrong, you've done this, you've done that, you're no good. But Things started changing, you know, and you said, you know what, but God still loves me. <laughs> Daddy loves his child. And you start to realize it has nothing to do with any of those things. It's all about Daddy loving you. Happy Father's Day, guys. We're not alone. We have a mentor. Would you all stand up? I want to pray for everybody here. And, and I'm really expecting an impact, a miraculous working of the Father in this moment. As we stand here, my quote, altar call, so to speak, is that right where we are, let reality, let eternal reality just be real right now right where you're standing. Yeah, you're dealing with life and you got money things and you got family and relational things. Maybe you're dealing with some things that are kind of confusing, but in all of those things, you're standing in an eternal reality that you're home. You're home with God right now. And you're in the safest, best place you could be. 
daddy's home and you're in the father's house. And you're not with a, with, 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 with a God who's a bystander, who's an observer. You're with somebody that cared about the one who felt alone. He's not a trial judge. We're not entering the courts to be judged. We're home. We, we are home. I love to quote Hebrews chapter 12, which tells us, we have come to Mount Zion. You're in daddy's house. Welcome home. We've come to the heavenly Jerusalem. This is where we live. What Jesus did, it worked. And by his spirit, I love this. He even told his disciples, I'm telling you many things, you ain't going to get it. But when the spirit comes, he'll show you these things. And that's what is happening to us. We're seeing him because of the spirit. Wow. And we have that spirit because he loves us and wanted us to see, wants us to know. And we'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Like Paul said, whether I wake or whether I sleep. In other words, whether I walk on this earth or in the next life or life to come, whatever. He says, I will be with God regardless, here, there, anywhere. You're going to be with God. And whatever you're dealing with right now, you're with God right now, and he's with you. And if anything has frustrated you about some of the things, you're like, why has he not done this, that, and the other? Just know that daddy loves you. He knows, he cares, he's with you. You're going to be in the Father's house forever and ever. You're always going to be fine. Not everything that happens will be pretty or fine, but you will be fine. You'll always be home, and you'll always be loved. And your future, we don't know exactly what's, what the situations might be, but we know we will know him and see him more and more in ever-increasing glory. And that means our joy level is just going to rise. That means our love is just going to arise. And the peace will only increase because of daddy. And right now, Father, we give you thanks. Oh, we love you and we thank you. You're so good to us. We're not alone. We're lovable. And we belong with you. We belong right here with you. And for that, we just say thank you. Amen. Can you all say amen? amen. Happy Father's Day. Grace Church, <laughs> we are certainly loved. It's a beautiful day out there. Enjoy it. Bless you.